Welcome everybody to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. This is episode 79. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm joined today, third-time recurring guest, John Church. Welcome back. Thank you, Nick. Good to be back. What's, uh, What's going on? Oh, you know, not much, just living the life, kind of hot and sweaty because it randomly got warm today and I just turned my air conditioner on and I was just running outside with my dog. So. That, uh, that Indian summer, the one last blaze, enjoying yes. it while it lasts because yep. apparently it's about to uh, get very cold. Is that true? I did. I have not been looking at the forecast. <laughs> but we know each other too damn well to talk about the weather for any more than 15 <laughs> seconds. Well, you know, I do want to talk about the weather because of the beer we're drinking today. A uh, beer that I think is probably suited for the colder months. Since it is. But, you know, this is this, <laughs> probably a poor, cho- poor choice by me today with uh, <laughs> how it is. <laughs> Indeed. We're drinking Founders Porter here. Very thick and heavy. Um, but there's no going back now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in front of us. Let's just do this. I'm I'm wondering if it's if that's the name of it. It's just Founders Porter. It just says Founders Take Porter. It does here. say dark and rich and sexy. I see nothing <laughs> but Porter. Oh, here it that's says dark, rich, and sexy. Indeed, it says uh, pours silk black with a creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel melt malt presence. No absence of hops gives Founders a robust porter the full flavor you deserve and expect. Cozy like velvet, it's a lover, not a fighter. I am surprised I've never had this. I generally go for porters, and yet this is one that uh, I've never had, so this is exciting. Well, to, uh... let's crack it open and pour it in our glasses because it is a porter. Indeed. Have to do it right. Drinking out of the bottle just will not do. And let's see how I do on this pour job. And I got my special glass from uh, Taco Hop that I went to um, on Saturday with a bunch of friends. How was that? Was that in Wyandotte? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. It was an impressive deal because it was twenty bucks for uh, everything, and you got like ten tickets, which each of them like see, you can see my glass. Oh, you can't see because it it's dark, but there's marks wah, wah. for how many. Uh, how many lines you can get, and you just just beer from everywhere there. Oh, pretty awesome. Uh, but then it did a thunderstorm, and we had to leave because we got soaked. <laughs> All right, cheers, That's brother. October in Michigan for you. Cheers, it, sir. It's been nonstop raining, and yeah, I do want to bitch about the weather for a little bit. What the fuck is it because of the hurricane? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember October being this wet. Last one was quite warm, and uh, that was cool with me because I'm a summer child, and if I had it my way, it would never get colder than 60 degrees, but the Starks are always right eventually. You should consider, consider immigrating because <laughs> you live in the wrong place. Well, you know, when we get to politics section, you might be living in the right place soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how right you are, but that's up to, uh, up to everyone to vote, but... We'll get to that two seconds from now. How was um, your weekend? I saw you a Friday night for Catan night, but... My weekend was fun. I watched uh, one of my very good friends, very old friends, Amanda Bills, get married on Saturday. That was cool. Someone I've known mm. over half my life now. and uh, Congratulations, Amanda Bills. I'm sure that's not her last name anymore. Yes, I'm McKinney. Amanda McKinney now. Yes, indeed. I like Bills better, but, you know. <laughs> I'll always know. And she's Billsby to me. She always will be. Uh no matter what the... Is uh, her last name Bills or Billsby? Bills. Billsby Bill, just... What a cool last name. She should have been a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I 
if you ever hear this, Billsby, I'm sorry. Good lord. Me, me too. That was a that was a fantastic time. And um and then my girlfriend and I and my friend Kirsten and her boyfriend went went to Franklin Cider Mill and uh, Rochester, no, not Rochester Brewing. Um, Griffin Claw Brewing in Birmingham on Sunday. That was uh, that was a great time. That's where Griffin Claw is. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. They have a good beer. They and were at uh, Taco Hop. I, I, um, I'm quite fond of them. I like their El Rojo. I had their Screaming Pumpkin. Tis the season. I wonder. I'm looking around the studio to see if I've, I'm sure I've done a Griffin Claw, but if not, I'm doing them next week. So. You're welcome for the inspiration. <laughs> Screaming a pumpkin would be a lovely choice this time of year. I almost got us a pumpkin spice beer, but, you know, mm. you're a porter guy, so I had to I'm indulge. a porter guy, but I'm also a pumpkin spice guy. Beer number one. Porter. Well, my bad, John. I'm sorry. I'll get over it. It was Nick. a this close actually, choice. This is actually quite good. We didn't like really this. talk about the taste of it. Um, I like it, actually, too, and I'm not a porter guy. It's not It's not that heavy. Um I like it. It's. Uh, I think it's probably because founders hops up their beers. This is a forty-five uh, IBU, so mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah, this is uh, this. This will do. You don't need to have any uh, remorse over surpassing pumpkin spice. There we go. Well, John, you know there was a reason to have you on at this time of the year. It's baseball season. Baseball playoff season. Indeed, and uh, and I have no knowledge of it and haven't talked about it once this uh, <laughs> in the lead up to it, especially because of how bad the Tigers are, but. Tigers are quite bad, but uh, props to them for finishing in the bottom five yet again. Um, yes. Truth be told, they probably could have done even worse. But um, and they, I was discouraged come July when they were you know only nine games under five hundred, and mm. people are th- talking about well, what if? What if they can contend? I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Y- your heads are in the, your heads in the clouds. You're saying with your heart, not your eyes. They suck. They and when you suck, you better really suck so you can get a good draft pick. And they're picking top five again. So which pick are they? Are they? Do you know? Uh, five. They are yeah. five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, there's two teams in their division even worse than them. Uh, <laughs> the Royals and the, the White Sox. Okay. But whatever, you know, baseball draft is a crapshoot. You know, you. I think Mike Trout got picked like 25th overall or something. So. Yeah. And baseball rebuilds, from what my knowledge, my limited knowledge of them, they take the longest of all rebuilds. Probably, because. Um, you know, the players need time in the minor leagues, and a lot of them don't even crack the, the major leagues. Top prospects will become total busts, unlike the NFL, where mm. players are ready to make an immediate impact. Right. NFL is definitely the easiest rebuild. That's why every every year in the NFL, you have a team finish last in their division, go to first in their division. Indeed. You, almost every year. But baseball, you know, so the Tigers are on the right track. So is this going to be, was this your first year in a rebuild, or would you count last year as a rebuild, too? Last year should have started as a rebuild, but after, I think come July, it was clear as a rebuild. As soon as they traded J.D. Martinez at at that point, and then J.V. a month later, it was clear, yeah, they're finally, they've finally seen the writing on the wall, and they're committing to the rebuild. So two years into a Tigers rebuild, then. And to their credit, and I still don't like Alavila, I don't want to get in the habit of giving him too many compliments, but... Their farm system has improved markedly. Um, I got Casey Mize with the number one pick this past summer. He, by all accounts, is a top 20 prospect in all of baseball. He could be ready as soon as 2020 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's encouraging. They do have a lot of good young pitchers, but not really 
impact bats. So that's yeah. what they need to be on the lookout for next year. What's what what's up with uh, you're not wanting to praise Avila? I've been honest, ever since my lim- I do have limited baseball knowledge, as you all know, but I have been praising Avila um, since he's been tanking because of how. He's orchestrated. Most everything. of it goes back to the J.D. Martinez trade, which I, I still cannot fathom getting a, that limited an amount for a player like that. You saw what he did for Arizona last mm, year. Yeah. You've seen what he's done for Boston this year. He's a, a terrific player, and they got double yeah. Lugo for him. <laughs> From what his 200 plate appearances in the majors, I don't, I don't think it's quite that many, but however many plate appearances, it's clear this guy is at best a uh, utility infielder. That's right. what you have to show for J.D. Martinez. But doesn't, don't you think that more reflects the market because of no one, someone would have paid for him. He, they knew what he was. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's... It doesn't help that... Um, he did take teams, it down to the wire, right? Teams, oh no, they they pulled the trigger on that trade like almost two full weeks before the trade deadline. Oh, well then that um, is his fault. <laughs> now granted, this is the age of sabermetrics and you know with, with good reason because teams are able to me- measure players' value more accurately and extensively than before. And J.D. Martinez has never been a great outfielder. Um, but in the American League, when you can DH him, does that yeah. really matter? Um, and still, his offense, yeah, thanks to sabermetrics, is his... Bad defense suppresses his value a bit, but he's right. still a great hitter, matter. and they got nothing for him. But whatever, good for him. He's on a great team now. He's on and, Boston now, right? With, yes, with yes, his indeed. old GM, huh? With his old GM and uh, two of his old mates, uh, three of his old mates. Um, Boston is basically Detroit transplant town um, with <laughs> Rick Porcello, David Price, and they also picked up Ian Kinsler this summer. Oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's four ex Tigers as and well as Dave and, Dombrowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good for Boston because uh, they're at, I believe, game, or if they win this game against the Yankees tonight. They would advance, yes. So you guys are hearing this, you'll know whether that happened or not. Indeed, yeah, we've got the, we've got that on mute right now. they got the pregame show going. And they uh, they beat the Yankees to a pulp last night. That Did was they? Yeah, that was the worst pay- playoff <laughs> loss in the history of the Yankees. Wow. 16-1. to 16-1 to 1 in the playoffs? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, the Yankees ended the game with a position player on the mound. That's how bad it was. I mean, I guess, I guess if like, uh, who was who was not hitting for the Yankees? And don't they have like really good hitters? They have really good hitters. They've got Aaron Judge and uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Gary Sanchez had a terrible year, um, but they've had guys like Luke Voigt step up. Didi Gregorius has become a a really good hitting shortstop for them. But th- I mean, they won 101 games. I want to say they're a really good team too. Yeah. But. I don't, th- I don't think they can hang with Boston. Now, is baseball still... like So this is technically the second round, right? No, uh, technically, the, weird the, the wild, wild, card, the wild card play in, I guess, counts as round one. How do you um, feel about that? I, I don't mind it, but I felt like the previous playoff format was perfect. I liked mm-hmm. three divisions. Each division winner gets in, as, long as, as well as the best second-place team. I thought that was just about perfect. Now, I do like that um, the wild card game, because with that previous play- playoff format, there were teams who said, oh, we're not going to win our division? Pfft, no big deal. We'll, uh, we'll get the wild card, and we'll take our chances in a best of five. Now, if you win the wild card, you, you have a one and done to where the Yankees won 101 games. Uh, that's, I think it was four or five more games than the A's, and yet if they'd lost, 
sorry, you're done. You didn't win your division, so, so and then you lose the wild card game. Right. Tough break. So it doesn't incentivize winning your division, which I like. But mm. more, I, I have to say, I like the previous playoff format better. You know, uh, one and dones are like probably the like you know game sevens of anything are winner go home games. They're the best. Indeed. Which uh, this is why football reigns supreme in terms of. Like a anything popularity. can happen. Anything can happen. Um, what if it, baseball did like something where like all the w- division winners get in, but like then there's like a a little mini tournament right before the playoffs with, with like the other four best teams or something with two one and done games each. I think that would be fun. But to take def- it would t- it does take away from like you said the Yankees who are s- far superior. Indeed. Um, and the problem with that is, and people are already saying that um, you have to give some perks to the top teams just because it's a 162 game schedule and they yeah. play for six months they start at the you know the end of spring and they play until the uh you know the beginning of of uh, autumn so yeah baseball players play, get paid the best and it's deservingly so yeah for i mean they, they play six months out of the year and for that to result in a quick trip home in October, it seems to be a little unfair. Mm. So, but I, I like the idea of at least one, potentially one, you know, one or done game. But at the end of the day, I think the previous play, playoff format was perfect. Is this round best of five? This is best of five, and then the championship series go to best of seven. So, and that's like, so the ALDS and NLDS? Uh, ALDS. And the World Series? ALDS, NLDS, then the championship series, then the World Series. So Okay, got you. And uh, yeah, so far these playoffs have not been terribly uh, exciting. Um, exciting. Or um, there hasn't been a lot of drama. I think mm, most of the... Baseball? I'm shocked. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, and that, I say that yet. You know, we might be in for a classic World Series, which, you know, we've had, you know, the past two World Series have been all-time classics. So hopefully we get a third but so far these playoffs have been pretty dismal it seems like every team has been uh, mismatched and every team's had the other team's number so who's left alive well the nlcs is locked in it's going to be the dodgers against the brewers okay the brewers manhandled the rockies and then the dodgers did lose one game to the braves but it was pretty clear that they were just the superior team they've mm-hmm. been through it this is their they're on a they're on a run like the Tigers were a few years back, except even better. They've made the championship series like four of the last six years, and uh, it was just clear that the Braves weren't ready and they were better than Atlanta. Yeah, and then Houston, um, to my uh, joy, um, absolutely spanked the Indians. Um, oh. <laughs> if, the, if, if the Tigers can't beat the Indians, then at least Justin Verlander can still beat the yeah. Indians, and they made very quick work of them, which I expected because. Um, the Astros are also uh, pretty uh, quite awesome still. And then it's Red Sox Yankees tonight. Red the Red Sox have two to one, or is it... the Red Sox are leading that series two to one? Yes. But um, then the Yankees have CC going tonight. They have CC Sabathia. Um, like ten years ago, I, I'd say game five to be sure, but Sabathia is definitely not what he used to be. Then mm-hmm. again, Red Sox have uh, our old buddy rick parcello going and he's not had a great year himself so didn't he win the cy young ones he won the cy young in, in a kind of a bullshit way <laughs> yeah he should he won because two i think they were both tampa bay rays riders did not include justin verlander on their ballad period um justin verlander got more first place votes he 
the only reason Porcello won is because those two writers let them off their ballots inexplicably. That's very strange. It is strange, but it did give us the classic moment of Kate Upton taking to Twitter to <laughs> say, Hey, uh, I thought I was the only one allowed to fuck Justin yeah. Verlander. That <laughs> was classic. That was classic. It's like, I'm sorry, Kate, but if you're trying to make us feel bad for Justin Verlander, you're doing a very bad job of that. Uh, you know, that kind of uh, reminds me of this, This like, I uh, forget where I heard it rather or read it somewhere, but... So another Tigers thing, um, Armando Galarraga's perfect mm-hmm. game and how it was like taken away from him. Yep. Um, like honestly, I think it was better for him that that happened because of how dramatic and epic that was. Oh, that game will be remembered forever. Right. Um, and th- also the one thing that you can really feel good about is that was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as the fight to get re- uh, replay implemented yeah. in baseball. Everyone saw that and like, okay, come on. It's yeah. 2010. <laughs> Football has had this since, what, the 70s? Um, yeah, that's... Time to get with the times and implement some kind of replay system. There's, oh, a human, there's a human element to baseball, and that's the umpires. If we ever get uh, robotic umpires, that would piss me off. That but, piss you off? Yeah, yeah. But as far as... Replays. Replays, you know, plays at first base, catch or no catch, fair or foul, you have to get that right. I mean, we can see it too good. Mm -hmm. Like, it can't be a judgment call. Like, that's the thing with football. Like, that's why probably football probably was probably the pioneer for this stuff is because there's so many people on the field all hitting each other at once. You can't really – how the hell is a ref supposed to tell? But in baseball, you should be able to kind of tell. Yes, there's – the action is usually very – limited it's it's easy to follow mm-hmm. the uh the plays as they progress right. so there's, there's there was no excuse for it fortunately they finally wisened up and bud selig to his credit saw the air of his ways and re- replay came to baseball too late for Armando galarraga but yeah but hey he's ma- making money off like book deals and shit or did i'm sure he's not anymore, oh no doubt but- I, pro- I the only reason I know his name is because that happened. Exactly. I'm sure I would have knew it at the time, but then forgot about it. Precisely. Uh, I mean, that game will be talked about forever. So, um, what about so for the strike zone? You're not down for like a like a tennis like how tennis no. has that thing. No, that's that's part of the game, and and both teams have to contend with it. Um, and honestly, I've been watching baseball seriously for like 12 years now. Now that was a. An, inst- an instance with the umpires with Armando Galarraga where it's it determined perfect game or no perfect game. Mm-hmm. In all of my time watching the Tigers, I've only seen one game where an umpire call, an umpire's call changed the result of the game. I thought it was, and I actually right. remember this. It was 2010. They were in Atlanta. Uh, they were down by one with the bases loaded and two outs. It was a three to two count on Johnny Damon. Yeah, Johnny Damon played for the Tigers. You remember that? No. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a three to two count on Johnny Damon, and if he walked, it would have forced them the tying run. And the pitch was like five feet outside, and the ump inexplicably called it a strike. See, so what he should he, he should have walked, but he didn't, and he, he struck out to end the game. And that is, that is the only time I've ever seen an umpire's strike zone determine the outcome of a game. You should be like I think at least you should have like an NFL system where like you have like two challenges or something. Mm. Like if something if it's something that 
audacious, then you should be able to. That's more manageable. I, I can maybe get behind that, but... Like, you don't need it every time. Like, because I mean, that's just... A, that just will slow down the game, something that baseball itself is trying to limit. Yes, yes. And um, it seems the whole um, mound visit limitation has worked. Okay. I, I don't think any team has yet run out. And I actually have not looked into the statistics as to how much it's moved the pace of play along. At first, I thought it was kind of asinine. I didn't think it would have any effect, but yeah. it seems to uh, at least not ruffle too many feathers mm-hmm. in its first year of being implemented. Now, see, the baseball's thing, like, I, I, I'm also wondering about this because it is, like, go on the downswing. And, like, once, like, baseball is the oldest market uh, for their fans. Their fans are the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, and their fans are dying. Um, so I wonder where you see baseball going in the future. And I'm just saying out of personal experience right now, other than you, I don't know a single person that watches baseball. <laughs> and not, I, it, 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 it is different when the Tigers are good, but I think, yes. I think that it is a regional thing. Like it's, it's not that team has to be good. It, it is more popular in some markets than some. And honestly, I think it's too popular in the bigger markets for it to ever completely die off. Oh, I don't I, think I, it'll I, die I, off, no. I, I, it'll never catch football as the most popular sport in America. Mm-hmm. Um, will basketball surpass it? Maybe. Um, it'll, I mean, it probably has. I would argue that. Uh, among people our age, sure. But overall... Yeah, I guess overall you're right. Yeah, and hockey, uh, hockey will never be more popular than baseball. I, I there might In Denver and Minneapolis, maybe. But that's it. I, I, even in Detroit... The pecking order is Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons. Yeah, I mean, definitely. The Wings, I mean... Which is unfair to the Wings because of the four, they are easily the greatest franchise. Right. <laughs> it just speaks to, I think, hockey's issue is when that deal fell off the rails with ESPN. and like That, that killed it and also just the continued instability of labor relations, yeah. which baseball has had immaculate labor relations for over two mm-hmm. decades now and that's a huge credit to uh bud selig and rob manfred the um hockey just can't get it right uh, it's yeah. and it, it is i i'd be lying if i said it, it hadn't killed the sport for me a little bit in recent years though more of that's due to the wings plight yeah. but um still the instability of um labor relations in that sport is it's just beyond maddening See, it's 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 crazy. So, I mean, with football, like football, you know, most popular sport by far in America. They did come close a few years back. But with football, that is the most likely sport out of them all to die because of all the uh, yeah yeah concussion but, issues. I, I will I will gladly take baseball's predicament over football's predicament. Baseball mm-hmm. only needs to figure out how to reach a younger audience. Yeah, football has to deal with this um, this health dilemma. That right. is that is starting to plague the sport. And, yeah. and, well, I mean, well, it's been plaguing the sport forever, but it's only now coming to coming, light. coming to light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but the thing with so the thing with football and basketball that makes them so good. Uh, well, football obviously fantasy football is a, I think a huge thing to make it so popular. It is. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's not like the other because all the other sports have fantasy, but every other sport you have to like kind of watch it every single day. Football, it's kind of like you have to be check it right before you have the game. Borderline insane like me to, to tolerate fantasy baseball. Yeah. I did win win a fantasy baseball league once though. I'm I'm one for one in them. 
<laughs> you're you're batting a thousand. Yeah. I'm I'm probably hitting under two hundred. So uh, that goes to show um, that but, you don't even know anything about the sport to be good at fantasy baseball. Other than that, football has these stars, and so does basketball. Like they have these big stars. They're very they're very player centric. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, when, baseball. I would I would put base baseball definitely above hockey in terms of stars. But I think that's both their problems. They don't have these marketable players, and I don't really. Like yeah, they have got like baseball. What do you think the biggest name in baseball right now is? Mike Trout. Mike Trout, but Mike Trout also like turned down some like yeah, he, endorsement he, he, stuff. He has been very reserved and he has not um, marketed himself probably as well as Rob Manfred would like. And frankly, I think it's a compliment to him. I I give him props for you know not wanting to be in the limelight, not wanting to be mm-hmm. that guy. Baseball sure could use it though, um, and he, because, and he plays he, on a shit team too. That's probably part of yeah, the problem. Well, the Angels are a big enough market uh, and a familiar enough uniform that that shouldn't be a problem. Though I do know that Rob Manfred would just lose his shit if he went to the Yankees or yeah. the Red Sox or even the Dodgers. That's why I um, think Aaron Judge is probably their biggest, like in terms of marketability, just by virtue of wearing the pinstripes. That's a huge boon for his uh, ability yeah most iconic team Mm -hmm. has a fucking sweet ass last name you know there's so many things you can go and and he's a prolific hitter Um, and he's young too so indeed they are definitely uh banking on him as because for the longest time Derek jeter carried the mantle Derek jeter was the most popular baseball player most well-known baseball player even when he was a shell of his former self right so baseball has kind of struggled to fill his shoes since then um I mean, so, Judge could do it. I mean, it'd be great. Plays for the right team. That's no doubt about that. Be willing to bet the Yankees pull it off tonight and force another game. Um, I am skeptical. I think Boston's really, really good. Just too good. I mean, yep. I guess everyone's going to be picking Boston after that route they had last night or whenever it was. Was it last night? It was last night, yes. So here's the thing uh, everyone also would have picked New York back in 2004. When the Yankees beat the Red Sox like nineteen to seven or nineteen to eight or something like yeah. that, and they had a three nothing lead in the series, and then Boston, by some miracle, rattles off four in a row, and they never lost again that year, and they finally won their first World Series. So anything can happen. The Yankees are really good, but um, it's hard for me to pick against Boston. I remember that because they specifically used footage of that for Lost back in the day when I was watching that show, because <laughs> <laughs> they're like. Because they've been on, they had been on the island for a while, mm-hmm. and they're like the other people on the island were like, you know, what if I told you the Red Sox won the World Series? And you'd be like, no, that would never happen. <laughs> and they pull a video, <laughs> right? That's uh, that's funny. But uh, so your predictions for the remainder of these MLB postseason. Well, it's funny. I made my prediction like a week ago, and uh, it can still it could still hold up. Uh, a week ago, I said that the Houston Astros would beat the Milwaukee Brewers in the World Series, and I still see that happening. Um, okay. Though that that um, prediction was made before I saw if Chris Sale was healthy. Uh, if Chris Sale, um, the Red Sox best pitcher, was healthy, and he looked pretty good in Game One. Um, Houston, Boston are two two powerhouses. Uh, I do think Boston's yeah. going to beat the Yankees and. That serials will probably go seven, but I'm still picking Houston. I feel better about their starting pitching. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole combined for like 500 strikeouts this year, which is just insane. Their bullpens are 
fairly even matched, I would give the edge to Houston's. Um, so I see Houston winning that series. I think the Brewers will beat the Dodgers. That series could go either way. Um, so I feel like as anticlimactic as the first round has been, I feel like we're going to be in for two really good uh, championship series. But I see uh, the Astros and the Brewers coming out, and then the Astros being the Brewers in the World Series. Uh, well, you see, John, I don't know anything about baseball, but I pick the exact opposite because L.A. versus New York would be sick, and it would be good for baseball. Yeah, Rob Manfred would love it. The two biggest markets in this country um, to, I would say, the Yankees, then the Cardinals, then the Dodgers. That's the pecking order as far as legendary franchises in baseball mm-hmm. goes. Um, and the Yankees and the Dodgers have met in the World Series at least two or three other times. It would be great for baseball. Um, even Dodgers Red Sox would be great. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, as long as Houston's not there, it'll be good. But <laughs> good for nope. Detroit sports would be for Verlander to go back again. Indeed, um, and uh, Curtis Granderson is playing for the Brewers. So, oh, really? Yeah, I uh, uh, good old Curtis Grant. Didn't he play for the Yankees for a little bit? The t- yeah, the Tigers traded him to the Yankees in the same trade that netted Max Scherzer and Austin Jackson. So, you know, how did the Tigers not win a World Series? That is insane it, to me. <laughs> They for four years they had a terrific run and they had their chances. 2013 was the year. Like if yeah. it was going to happen, it was going to happen in 2013. That was bar none the best team the Tigers have had in my lifetime. That any time Justin Verlander had the fourth best year among their pitching staff. That's crazy. M- Miggy was in his prime. Uh, Prince Fielder had a good year. Too many Tigers fans give him shit. He he was he was just fine during his tenure here, except in the playoffs. They had V Mart. Um, do they have? Do they have Scherzer then? And they, Price? That was the year, that was the year Scherzer won the Cy Young, Pro, and Anibal Sanchez won the ERA title. Price did not come until 2014. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that that team could have gone all the way. That team should have gone all the way, but uh, doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Poppy, uh, big Poppy hit that grand slam oh, off Benoit, and that uh, that crushed their dreams right then and there. Yeah, you probably should have walked him. Or they should have just brought in Phil Coke, um, which it's insane to think that there was a scenario where Phil Coke would be preferable <laughs> to Joaquin Benoit because Phil Coke was garbage and Joaquin Benoit was the best reliever the Tigers had at that time. Uh-huh. But Big Poppy couldn't hit lefties, not nearly as well as righties at least. Yeah. Um, and as much as I love Jim Leland, as much as I miss Jim Leland, he uh, he absolutely made the wrong call in that instance. Well, you know, we got we we've got a Pistons and we got a Red Wings championship down. We still need a Tigers. And, yes, uh, and the Lions, and you know the other team. <laughs> I guess we'll start talking about now. Indeed. Uh, well, they did win. So everything Amazingly I said last enough, yes. week on this podcast, throw it away. <laughs> Going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so you're back in Patricia's once again. You're. Uh, your favorite dude on planet earth <laughs> no no i'm trying to stay realistic now because i was had really high hopes started the season they were crushed really hardcore the first that two was, games even by lion standards that was embarrassing that I mean, was that was hard to watch that was the worst game i've ever seen in my life um by the lions and i've seen some bad ones mm-hmm. um and then you know losing to san francisco classic Lions style but then somehow beating the patriots that was I said, I, I said it on Facebook, and I stand by it. I hope uh, 
I hope Brady and Belichick en- enjoyed being shoe in Hall of Famers while it lasted because I'm pretty sure that just cost them the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we'll see. I I still would put money that they would come out of the a- AFC because it's the fucking Patriots. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't. They they didn't bring it that week, and no. uh, that's a hell of a stain on their legacy. But, right. Uh, it's it, and that's that's a good thing on the Lions is like the Lions because the Lions didn't just win; they dominate that game, and then yes. the Patriots have gone out and dominated two games in a row, and. And then the Lions lose to Dallas, a team that sucks. But, you know, the Lions have weaknesses, and we can't stop the run or good running backs. And I don't see how you're going to be that good with it. Mm-hmm. And then we come out against the uh, – so we, we the only two teams we beat are the two best quarterbacks in the league, arguably. I mean, I guess you could throw Drew Brees in there if you're insane. But uh, – <laughs> Still props to him for being the all-time uh, pass, passing uh, That did team. happen. But – and I feel like the Green Bay game, you can just chalk that up to Mason Crosby, you know. You can, but still, I mean, I, I, I think even if Crosby hits all of his field goals, you know, we still held them to field goals, capitalized on our turnovers, and our, we would have played differently had it been closer. Fair enough. And, and their defense was supposed to be one of their, you know, strong suits coming into the mm. season. So you can absolutely give them props for that. But at the same time, Crosby did them a huge solid. Yeah, no, I mean, that was hilarious. So in our fantasy football league, Eric, um, the first two weeks of the season, got zero points from his kicker because one didn't kick a field goal and one got injured, and then he had Mason Crosby kicking this week. (laughs) It was so funny watching it because Kruk was typing in our group chat, and he was like, oh, well, this drive looked great for Mason Crosby to just line up and miss a field goal, and he did. (laughs) I want to be a fly on the wall with uh, Eric watching the uh, results. I can tell you it looked a lot like him staring blankly at a TV and throwing his phone at the wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roll the punches, man. Next week's a new week. But, um, yeah, so the Lions win. We got, we're got on to our bye week. Good time for our bye. Um, Regroup and uh, feel good about that win against Green Bay. And hopefully... Uh, hopefully roll Miami the following week. You would hope so. Aren't the Dolphins still trash? Yeah, seeing as the Dolphins don't have an all-star quarterback, so I don't know if we match up well against them. <laughs> we got to wait till we play Russell. I bet you we'll lose to Miami and then beat Russell Wilson the next the Nothing next ever makes sense with the Lions, does it? No. But, uh, I mean, if we're thinking about this as a Patriots coach-type team, uh, Patricia is used to struggling in September and coming alive later in the season, like, as are the Patriots, how they have them. Like like how they lost to the Lions. Can only hope that's the uh, how this is going to play out because isn't the Lions' remaining schedule pretty unfavorable? Um, it, it looked worse at the beginning of the year. So the next couple games are uh, Miami at Miami, home against Seattle, and then I think um, at Minnesota and at the Bears. So that's pretty. Those two divisional games that'll tell you a lot. That's you know, huge. Minnesota's if, leading the division, right? No, the Bears are. Really? Yeah. Wow. The thing is, there's this stat I saw the other day. The Lions in the last five years are like 20, 10, and 0 against the division, which is the highest of everyone in the division. And somehow, we've never won the division. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> unbelievable. It's, it's, generally, it's set up to where if you win your division, you win. Beer right. number two, entertainment. Yeah, I just thought like that's just such a fucking Lions thing to stat do. because we out of all we're like vastly ahead of even the Packers mm-hmm. in terms of division wins and yet now I've never seen a home playoff game. 
in my life. I've never seen a playoff win because I was born immediately after their last one. You can't make this shit up, man. That, that is <laughs> that is hard to fathom. Uh, you know, maybe one day. I don't know. I you don't know. You, hey, a bunch of uh, people in Chicago never thought they'd see the Cubs win a championship, man. If that can happen, I think anything in sports can happen, though the next most impossible thing uh, would probably be the Lions winning the Super Bowl. But for your sake yeah. and many others, I hope it happens. It'd be good for the NFL, I hope. Hey, I think there's something else you guys can't see that we learned here tonight. I am better at pouring beers than John. Oh, bullshit. My first one was so much better than yours. <laughs> well, My first one was perfect. We'll have a, we'll have a really good challenge on the last one. <laughs> Exquisite. All right, John, what the fuck are we talking about here? Entertainment. Um, oh, we messed up. We didn't watch the trailer. But, uh, uh, I forgot to watch the trailer. But indeed. Uh, I've heard some about it, so let's talk about it. Yeah, just a few days ago, uh, the, uh, the trailer for Vice came out. The... Uh, the Dick Cheney biopic, and, and by the way, it's for everyone on the radio who mispronounced biopic, biopic, biographical picture. Oh, I've, I've always called it a biopic. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, biographical picture, a movie about a real life person and or, you know, at least certain events in their life. And this is going to be by Adam McKay, who also did the big short. And uh, it, it didn't, does... didn't he also do... Anchorman. He did Anchorman. He did Talladega Nights. It just it cracks me up that what a turn, <laughs> right? The, the guy who directed all these um, absurd, uh, h- hilarious Will Ferrell movies has moved on to now telling stories about the absurdity and hilariousness that was the uh, housing market the, crash. The, the, <laughs> the, the aughts, I guess we'll call them. You know, the, the prior decade. You know, the housing market uh, crash and and now the. Uh, the Cheney, the, 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 the Bush Cheney presidency. This, this but. should be interesting because, like you know, Anchorman and you know, um, what, what Italian Nights, mm-hmm. obvious, obvious, hilarious comedies. And then the Big Short was is that a is that a biopic? Bi, 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 I, I, no, how do you, how does it pronounce biopic? It? Biopic. I would I would not call that a biopic. That was more, um, that's just more straight drama, um, and. Uh, you know, set in obviously in, in real times, but a biopic tends to focus on one person. Okay. And a lot of the times even, you know, the person's name is the name of the movie. Gotcha. Patton, Gandhi, something something like yeah. that. Um Selma, but you know, obviously about MLK, but and I, I don't even I don't even know if that would be a biopic. That's about one um time frame in, in MLK's life. But or uh, Malcolm X would be a good example. Something okay. like that. Um Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Gandhi, Malcolm X, and Harry Potter—great <laughs> figures in the uh, the twentieth century. <laughs> um, but uh, I would not—I would stop short of calling Big Short a biopic. Um, Big Short, though, um, in terms back to what I was what I was trying to say, it's hilarious in a it is in a serious fu- way. It is definitely funny enough to be a comedy, but mm. definitely much more sobering material. And to Adam McKay's credit, he nailed it. Um, I never thought the guy who brought us Anchorman and Eastbound and Down would uh, bring us such poignant stuff, but that was a great yeah. movie. We saw that movie together. I was going to say, um, didn't we see that together? Yes, yes. And uh, he did a terrific job. And so that excites me quite a bit for this uh, this movie Vice, which is going to drop on Christmas Day, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and you know, it's the Bush. It's about the Bush. Did we, did we say what it was about? Yeah, um, it's a Dick Cheney biopic. Um I guess it'll probably centering around the Bush administration. Yeah, and uh, his rise to the ranks in politics, and uh, 
of the trailer is just hilarious. Um, I can so tell- it's going to be funny. Yeah. I, hearing Sam Rockwell as W, it, it, I can tell it's going to be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. It's just he nails he nails his mannerisms and his his speech. Um, and even Christian Bale is uh, when I heard he was cast as Dick Cheney, I'm like. That is very odd. I mean, I was he's, like, he's, what he's, does he's, Christian Bale look like now? And, and you got to remember makeup these days. And he also gained like a hundred pounds for the role. Really? So uh, he he looked pretty convincing, I must say. It must be um, fun to do as an actor just get to gain a hundred pounds. Gaining a hundred pounds is fun. Uh, losing losing it sounds terrible, but because <laughs> he did that for machinist, the machinist yeah. and also the fighter. And the fighter, at least he got an Oscar out of it. But, that, yeah, that can't be fun, losing that much weight. <laughs> um, but that's that's a credit to him. Christian Bale's a fantastic actor. Um, he gets lost in the shuffle a lot of the times. Um, in the, he was in The Big Short. He was in The Big Short. So this guy is one of those directors that likes to use the same actors. And he, yeah, he was also in that, and uh, so is Steve Carell, who mm-hmm. will be playing Donald Rumsfeld in the uh, uh, Vice. So... And he really impressed me in that one, too. Um, I thought Steve Crow was borderline Oscar-worthy in Big Short. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with uh, Adam McKay on this project. It's hard, to, it's hard for Oscars because it's like you can be a great actor, but you have to be in a, like a super serious movie or you're not going to win. Indeed. Unless it, like you can win some supporting roles or whatnot, but you're not going to win Best Actor. A lot of times, no. It, uh, you ever seen a comedy actor win Best Actor? I don't think that's happened. It certainly is not uh, too common. Um, I think the, the closest thing I remember is 2003, Johnny Depp received Best Actor nomination for Pirates of the Caribbean, which I was really excited to see. Cause, I mean, mm-hmm. th- there, there were probably other dramatic actors they could have picked from that year. Um, yeah. And granted, the, every Pirates movie after the first one has sucked. But we still talk about Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. So right. it's a memorable character, so it's cool to see him get some recognition and at least uh, an Oscar nomination. You know what and I it, heard about that movie? What's that? I heard that the whole director and production staff was pissed that Johnny Depp was playing the character that way because he was just playing it like he was drunk for a movie for kids. Oh, he's, he's Keith Richards as a pirate, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yet it's become an iconic character that people talk about to this day. Right. So, I mean, good call on Johnny Depp. I don't know if you did it on purpose because your life's kind of in shambles right now. Right I now, think. yes. But, uh, it's too bad because he's a terrific actor, but he's definitely fallen on hard times. And then the other instance of a guy getting a nomination for an outright comedic role, I remember, was um, Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder, which he got nominated for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the, the only bad thing about um, Heath Ledger uh, uh, being in The Dark Knight, and obviously he absolutely deserved that. Uh-huh. Um, he changed the way we perceive the Joker character forever. But the only bad thing is that in any other year, I feel like Robert Downey Jr. could have won for Tropic Thunder, <laughs> which would have been amazing because he absolutely stole that movie. Yeah. Uh, Heath Ledger is the Joker, though. I mean, that was that's we'll be, hard to beat. We'll, we'll be talking about that forever. It's uh, And the best, the best he, thing about that... Maybe he wouldn't have won if he didn't die, though, to be honest. Well, that that's speculative. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all I know is the, the best thing about that that everyone forgets about is nothing in his discography suggested he'd be a good pick for the role mm-hmm, and they, yeah. they said as much to christopher nolan like why'd you cast heath ledger his response because he's fearless that's all he said and clearly made the right decision yeah i i, I uh haven't seen many movies with him until like recently i saw 10 things i hate about you i'm like you're oh. only just now seeing that 
Dude, you know me. I'm a movie fan, movie student, movie maker, but uh-huh. I don't fucking watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it gets overhyped, but it's it's an enjoyable, you know. Yeah, it's like late, I saw late it with 90s. Melissa. It's like one of her favorite movies. It's one of my my sisters both love it and swear by it. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It has a moment that's cool where he sings, um, "Can't take my eyes off you" and the bleachers. That's a it's a fairly iconic moment, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. But that's just me. And Julia Stiles, she was in Dexter. I like Dexter, so I kind of like Julia she Stiles. Kinda, whatever happened to Julia Stiles? She was uh, she was definitely in vogue uh, during the early aughts there. I don't know. I, I haven't seen her since Dexter season five. I think <laughs> she was in um, she was in uh, Silver Linings Playbook. She had a small role in that, but I remember seeing her in that. Oh, I like that movie. That's a great movie, dude. Um, speaking of movies, have you seen A Star Is Born yet? Not yet. I've uh, been hearing some good things. I've been hearing terrific things about it. Um, I, I do like Lady Gaga. I like Bradley Cooper a lot. And it's at like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hate to be that guy who admits to it, but... It Rotten, usually is right. Usually, yes. And they judge movies by the same things I do. And frankly, I'm too busy to go see a shitty movie. I'll say it like I, this. I've seen fresh movies on Rotten Tomatoes that are bad. But I've never seen a movie that's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes that is good. Well, I mean that. I mean that's probably not true in, tr- in in terms of the past. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean ret- retroactively speaking, I mean there's there's always movies that are maligned in their time that the um, uh, that with with time the understanding of them um, the understanding of them improves their reputation improves. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski, Fight Club, Blade Runner. These are all movies that were met with uh, mixed reception at the time. Fight Club was. I find that. Really yeah, a, hard. a lot of people didn't understand it. They. Um, wow. They, they they said it was too violent, too um, too snobby, and yeah, and now twenty years later, uh, so many people swear by it, and it's the word of mouth has only gotten better and better, and it's now rightfully hailed as the classic that it is. Yeah. No, that movie's great, and all the little intricacies with it, with like the still frames that they just randomly throw in mm-hmm. that you can, don't even notice it's just like kind of for fun Fincher David Fincher is just the man he's yeah. he's not made a bad movie yet David Fincher I agree um yeah what so the other movie that's the other big movie in the box office right now I don't know if you've seen it yet either Venom yes uh, I haven't been in the movies since June I saw Solo and that's the last time I went to the movies Venom is uh not getting great reviews unlike a star right. is born it's the opposite uh, of that right which now. which and completely it, opposite which, themes too probably. yeah which, which is disheartening because i like tom hardy a lot i like tom hardy mm-hmm. and everything i've seen him in but um venom i believe is still under the control of sony right yeah um so it's, it's not in the mcu no right now, but and, it could and, it, be. and it just goes to show that marvel please bring venom back and <laughs> and do it right because sony just continues to fuck things up i got a feeling a personal feeling that I don't, I can't really uh, put any facts to it, but I feel like Tom Hardy's just a little overrated. Really? Like, what is he good in? He was. I mean, people, I, I hated a Dark Knight Rises or the Dark Knight Rises. So I thought I, he, I thought he was very good in that. That movie has not aged well for me, just because the more I think about it, the more I think, as good as it is, this is not the movie we're supposed to get. The movie no. we're supposed to get was. The Joker versus yeah. Batman for the the fight for Gotham's soul, and we right. were robbed of that when Heath Ledger died, unfortunately. Um, but I felt like The Dark Knight Rises is the best movie they could have possibly made, and Tom Hardy did a good job. Um, 
He was. Did you see Mad Max Fury Road? I did. I, he I, was good in that. I he was you that. now. Granted, I think Charlie's Theron is probably the star of the show, mm-hmm. but he was very good without saying much. Right. Um. Is also also good in Inception. He, he, yeah. I, I won't say he's good in Dunkirk. He is good in Dunkirk, but they could have gotten anyone for that role. Right. Um, I think like maybe that's what he thrives best in in roles where he's not like saying much or not. You know, I mean, I haven't seen Venom, so I don't know what the flaws are with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing some of it's Tom Hardy. Have you seen Bronson? No. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a, a great movie. Um, I thought I thought it was decent, but he is fantastic. He plays this, this roguish psychopath, and he's very convincing at it. Um, that, that's a fucked up movie, but <laughs> uh, I, I was very impressed. When by did it. that come out? Well, like 10 years ago, I want to say. Um, Bronson? I've never Bronson. heard of it. Yeah. It was about a real-life dude. I, I believe it would be... I think that would be an example of a biopic. Biopic. But, yeah. That's, where we're, that's the main thing we're learning tonight, everybody. Biopic. Biographical Not biopic. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop being a snob, and that's my last lesson for the night. I, I promise. <laughs> uh, it's okay, John. We are filmmakers ourselves. We got an upcoming uh, film... Less than, a, soon. less than a month from now, yeah, we're going to participate in the uh, Detroit 48-Hour Horror Film Project, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, going to get the band back together. Yep. Basilica Films rides again. Second one this year, baby. And I feel great about that. I set that as a personal goal going into the year. I wanted to make at least two movies and uh, going to achieve it. So I feel good about that. And uh, pro- all the props in the world to Nick Wigella, my talent. Woop, Kim and Kevin, we've, uh, our little film acting crew yeah, Ke- over here. Kevin has done the, the last three films. Kim's done the last two. Um, Eric and Trevor, the uh, the other half of the quadrant. Yep, I'm looking forward to it, gents and ladies. It's gonna be fun. We I have, can't uh, wait. I'm. We haven't really. We, we our first one we did was kind of horror style, but not not truly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to try to see what we can do here indeed stepping out of our comfort zone yes because we've we've done comedies the last two times and i think we've done good comedies uh but i'm excited to try something a bit different i think we can handle it and for not being one of my favorite genres uh horror is just terrifically fun to shoot just because you can do Mm. so many you can play around with the lighting so much you can see that's what i'm worried about i'm worried about lighting it that's what i'm scared of i think i think we have the lights Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor's Trevor's lights are good. Uh, right, I, they were a huge uh, a huge uh, boost on the set of um, uh, a dish to die for. A dish to die I remember for. the names of my own movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll be good on lighting, and you can you can toy around with the lighting so much. Uh, we'll just have to be careful not to toy around with it too much, since I only have forty eight hours. But uh, I Maybe think we should we, do like a practice right before. Try to practice some like uh, night lights. Yes. That's not a that's not a bad idea, Trevor Eric. You hear this? Let's do it, <laughs> Trevor Eric. I hope you listen to my podcast, but I'm guessing you don't. <laughs> I uh, I should give you more shout outs on Facebook. I'm selfish. The only one I ever shouted out was uh, the, the, the one I was on back in February. It's yeah. okay. I don't even give me shout outs on Facebook. This is <laughs> this is just my own personal fun project that slowly and slowly gets more listeners. We're looking at about in a decade, maybe getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> You're not being too ambitious. Props nah, to you know. for that. <laughs> I'm like a regular Mike Trout over here. That's what they call me. 
there, there you go. Just uh, the, that slow grind to the top. So we are in October. Halloween is approaching, and the new Halloween is coming out. So I've heard uh, Sharon was telling me about this, and they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Was she? Wait, was she the original girl in it? I believe so. Okay. Um, you into horror movies? Not really. Um, are you too I, scared, or you just don't like them? I'm too scared, Nick. I didn't want to. I mean, so, there. Are, I know people our age that are too scared to watch them, including no. Melissa. <laughs> hey, it's. I feel like the classics, and uh, admittedly, a bunch of them I haven't seen, but I, I do want to like. The Exorcist and Friday the 13th and Halloween mm-hmm. and Nightmare on Elm Street. I can appreciate those. Um, so you've seen them all? No, no. I've oh, s- see, I think you might be a little scared. Why haven't you seen them? How have you not seen these? You, so, you see every movie and you've horror, never seen those? I wouldn't say I see every movie, but horror, horror has never been my favorite genre just because I had a very bad experience. The horror films of the aughts, let's uh-huh. just say nothing to write home about. No. Uh, Any time... Saw is probably the best. It's not saying much. Um, yeah. No, I can't. I'm trying to think. Like I saw, saw a lot the, of horror movies, but they all kind of sucked. Yeah. That, uh, when I when I was young and impressionable in in high school and early days of college, that was not a good time for horror movies. So yeah, that, that did a lot to sully the reputation in my mind. What about like the Blair Witch Project, or is that the '90s? That was late '90s. I've never seen the Blair Witch Project. Oh my gosh. That's a movie that it's not the, we could easily remake, and it's freaky as fuck. Yes, we could. It's not The Godfather. It's not well, you know, I mean, Casablanca. We're talking I, horror here. I mean, it, it, you could, some people would call it the Godfather of horror movies. I, I would definitely the Godfather of found film or found footage films. Well, its competitors are Cloverfield. I mean, yeah, but Cloverfield's like way after that. Come on, you're getting, you're you're taking away credit from this. Blair Witch Project was and, like and great in terms of marketing. I'm sure of, it'll be if it isn't already, it'll one day be selected for preservation in the um, National Film Registry just because of its impact. What the hell's that? But you don't know. The I don't nation, know if that's the I national, don't know shit about movies. <laughs> the National Film Registry every year picks films that are aesthetically, culturally, or historically significant for reservation in the. The National Archives in Washington D.C. Okay, uh, films that are preserved for all time. Um, do they have like do they so they and pick new ones every year? I think after ten years, yeah, they pick new films every year, and I think it's like after ten years you're eligible for inclusion. So kind of like um, a Hall of Fame type system. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's really neat. And I wonder if we can look up what's been picked this year, unless you know. I I do not know. Um, yeah, I can't say off the top of my head, but anything that's that they deem culturally, aesthetically, or historically significant is uh, selected for preservation. It's a neat concept. Um, so looks like the deadline for nominations for this year were September fifteenth. Um, okay, well the seventeen editions have been announced, but you know, this is tough. This website is not put together well. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's cool. Um, it definitely should be in terms of because I, I can't think of a film before that that was found footage. But true, true. Uh, that definitely got the ball rolling for that. Have the successors been worthy? Not really. Well, but the first, they the tried something. Paranormal new. activities. I think. I've they actually never seen, never seen any of those. You, you're afraid of horror. You've got to be. No, have you seen I'm... The Conjuring? No. Have you seen 
Well, my favorite horror film is As Above, So Below. Or Cabin in the Woods is actually my favorite horror I've film. I've been meaning to watch that forever. Gosh, um, you haven't seen any of these. What name, name a horror film you've seen. The Shining. Okay. I love The Shining. That's... Yeah, well, I mean, The Shining is amazing, and it's one. It is one of my favorite films, but I would not. I would even. I wouldn't even call that horror anymore. It's m- maybe more suspense thriller. Whatever. But there's a there's a lot of blood. Yeah, I just think like horror. Out of all the film styles, horror has changed the most and evolved the most through time. Like, mm. like if you count The Shining as a horror film, it's you're never gonna see. A, I guess. No, I'm, I might. I'm, I think I'm just speaking out of my ass. Cause I just saw the killing of a sacred deer, which I'm sure you haven't seen. Is that um, the, with Colin Farrell? Yeah, it was uh, a lot like The Shining, and um, I wouldn't say it was good, but I'm, it's definitely not bad. But it makes you think. Makes you think. I, I can get behind that. I I I heard decent things about that one. I would watch it, but it's just. It's not life, scary. Life, it's not scary. That's life is short. I'm quite busy these days, and generally, horror does not fall high on the list of films to watch for me. But there mm. are some I would like to see. Cabin in the Woods is probably top of the list. Cabin in the Woods, you should watch because it's not scary, so you won't get scared. <laughs> I don't scare Nick. I promise. Uh, ask Sharon. We watched Oculus. Uh, oh, you did uh, watch? Okay, I la- saw that. La- That's last a week. freaky fucking movie. That is a freaky fucking movie, and it's pretty well done. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was uh, well done. Um, I uh, I saw that movie with Jeff Warner back in the day, mm-hmm. and I took a gravity bong rip right before I left Ooh. for it. And oh my god, bad decision! It was scary as fuck. <laughs> I, you must have been shaking like a leaf, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was some I forget what it was, but there was something about the end of that movie that I wish would have happened that didn't happen. But I would be, I I couldn't tell you. That then, movie came out last year. No, no, it was like four years ago. Yeah, it came out like okay, more than that. Come 14, on. 15, I thought. I don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe, actually, maybe. Was, We're probably past the statute of limitations for spoilers, but just in case people want to watch it because it is October, let's not spoil it. Okay. Um, so, well, John, you have uh, homework to do. If you're going to be directing a horror film, I think you should watch like at least one a week until there. Eric has suggested as much. Um, I would like to make that happen between my trivia schedule and uh, going out of town next weekend. But I, I should probably at least rewatch The Shining and Cabin in the Woods because I think parody is one of them. Um, okay. Well, Cabin in the Woods is perfect for that. There we go. Um, probably rewatch Scream <laughs> too. Yeah. Uh, I've actually Scream's one I've never seen. Really? Mm-hmm. As far That's as it's a parody one, then right. Yes, it's it's well done. I mean, I've only seen it once, mm-hmm. some time ago. I should probably rewatch it. But uh, if we get stuck with parody, that would be a good starting point, as far as uh, inspiration goes. I think, like in terms of true horror, um, and I, it's not my favorite, but I think The Conjuring is really well done, and that is one you probably should watch. I mean, I don't know what we're gonna get. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what? What are the what are the categories? I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit, but there's escape room, there's spoof, there's found footage. Um, found footage would be so easy. There's uh, ghost, um, like uh, the movie the, Ghost with like the sexy ghost <laughs> or Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Swayze forced him out. A lot of homies died in the struggle. Do we get two categories in this one or just one? I think it might be one if there's going to okay. be thirty entrants, and then we have to pick between them 
Um, couldn't say for sure. Zombie? Zombie, yes. Um, Do you have a favorite zombie movie? Zombieland. Zombieland, of course, a not scary one. <laughs> I have this I have this fake rumor about you that you're afraid of horror movies. Not true, man. <laughs> but it's just because so much so many of them are shit. Or at least the ones in That's very true. the ones in very recent vintage. Not uh crapping over George A. Romero and Wes Craven mm-hmm. uh, and you know their work back in the day. But I'm sorry, but your the people who you inspired, uh the apple fell very far from the tree and Yeah. Have you seen It Follows? No, but I've heard good things about that if, one. Too. If I could recommend you to see anyone um, before we do this film, watch that one because that one is like it was filmed in Michigan. Um, okay. It looks like it's kind of easy to make and it's just kind of not jump scary, but terrifying though. The premise of it is so good. I dig that. Here's, here's one of my main problems with, with horror as a genre is it, it's just the whole... You can only be genuinely shocked once. It how well do you replicate that? How well does it hold up on future viewings? The shock that's and true. the shock because I feel like you can only experience that once. So and the if replay value is low, is yeah, what you're saying. And, yeah, and if that's the main gimmick of the film, then I take exception with that. And it, there has to be more than that. The Shining, I feel like, is it, there's, and it also helps that it's one of the films I watched in film school and we yeah. dissected it and looked at it from a number of different angles and saw the complexities of it and I can appreciate it that much more. And you know, if I watched every horror film with that kind of scrutiny, maybe I'd appreciate them more. I mean, the good ones, I'm sure you would. I mean, I think you can definitely tell when a horror film is good or it is bad. Like, the good ones are really good. There's some really good horror films out there. Oh, no doubt. And I don't get to watch enough, so I feel like this time of the year, because um, my girlfriend, Melissa, who's been on the pod, you guys all know, um, hates to watch them so I don't ever get to watch them and well my girlfriend likes scary movies so gotcha. well you know maybe me and Sharon will go on a movie date to a horror film that you're too afraid to go see <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you can and you can go see um, some romance movies <laughs> you up for that Sharon <laughs> she says she's gonna listen later so hi Sharon <laughs> hey babe um but yeah um so uh we are looks like we got like five minutes left in this category um i do want to give a quick shout out to better call saul their fourth or fifth season just ended um and i we talked a little bit about it last week but the ending was very 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 good um this show is on par with breaking bad that's like conservative saying that some Um, people tell me this is the greatest spinoff ever Oh, and I mean, I don't know many spit-offs besides, like, I know Frasier's one, but... Mm-hmm. But th- this is very high on my list of shows to watch. Yeah. I will absolutely get into Better Call Saul uh, soon. I got I still got to watch Shameless. I still got to watch Slug on Valley. Um, but... Have you... Or, or you, I, saw, I, I, you saw Breaking Bad, right? I've seen Breaking Bad, yes. Okay. I, honestly, I should probably rewatch Breaking Bad. But... Because I want to say I watched it in its entirety back in, like, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um... I should probably rewatch it, but I'll watch Better Call Saul first. I've heard heard nothing but good things. I'm not and, gonna spoil anything, but all I'm just gonna say I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but it's not a big deal. I don't care. The transformation is complete. Yeah, that's lost on me. Apparently it's been too long <laughs> since I watched Breaking Bad. Um 
I mean, they brought back a bunch of the same people, basically, besides yeah. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, right? Mm, yeah. Carlos Esposito and uh, yeah. So it's much. Jonathan this, Banks. This whole season has been uh, Saul or Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman, mm-hmm. his story, and then Mike Mike's story. Yeah. And the thing is, Mike was probably my the only, favorite. The only thing I have, a, the only issue I have with the show right now is it's literally those two stories, and they don't connect. Mm. So I don't, Not yet, I don't understand. Well, they have before, but this whole season, they don't connect. Hmm. That is strange. But you, you're not the first person to rave to me about Better Call Saul, so this is definitely on the uh, to-watch list. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Have you seen Maniac yet? No, but that one uh, also intrigued me. I like the idea of uh, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill working together yeah. again. Quite I, a quite a departure from Superbad, but it looks, it looks really good. I'll, I haven't seen it either, but I really want to. Um, there was something else that I. Remember. It's a short series, right? Oh, God! It's Halloween, and I forgot to talk about this. Walking Dead's back, everybody. Do you watch that? I I've watched the first four seasons of The Walking Dead, and I don't know if I'll get back into it. It's just don't that that show kills off too many characters. That show like, is just there's no redeemable qualities about it. First four seasons had its moments, but it's just. And they kill off characters while they're still interesting. while mm. Or they kill off characters they never thought to make interesting, like um, uh, the, the black guy who, who died the same episode as um, uh, his wife. Um, oh, um, T-Dog? T-Dog, yeah. They, they never gave his character any depth. Um, so this is yeah. like, hey, we'll just kill him, which is terrible. Um but uh, besides that, I feel like the character development on that show is decent, but they, they, they kill off way too many characters. Like, people say Game of Thrones kills off char- too many characters. Game of Thrones is nothing compared to The Walking Dead. Fear number three, politics. The president grabbed me. Perfect way to end that. that well, is, well that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, don't watch it. It's not worth it. There's just too many shows out right now. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm done with Walking Dead. All right, on to politics. Um, John, Yippee, said no one ever after 2016. <laughs> well, um, I don't know what year this happened. What year did uh, Kanye interrupt Taylor Swift? That was at least, um, I want to say, five or six years ago. Well, at the hell of five, no. Was that, was that at the MTV Awards or the Grammys? I don't even know. I would guess the Grammys. But if it was at the MTV uh, Awards, that would be even sadder. Yeah. Though, um, <laughs> in spite of his questionable um, presented political alignings, I do like Kanye West as an artist. Um, mm. I think he's brilliant. Um, as a person, not so much. Um, well, we'll get but, into that. But for, if he'd done that at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards, that'd be quite sad because who the fuck cares about the VMAs? I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck it was, but um, that rivalry is back in full swing right now because mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, who had been previously, people have thought that she like was on uh, team Republicans and team. Um, Where is she from? Tennessee, like, I think. See, here's the thing. It would I make mean, sense. I mean, yeah, there, it's. Have they voted? Uh, have they voted red the last few elections? Uh, I mean, it's. It's, I'm, I'm sure they vote red. Yeah, um, they, they, vote they, red. they don't touch an ocean, and they're not Michigan or Wisconsin yeah. or Minnesota. Um, but they have their sectors. I feel like Nashville is, uh, and Memphis, the the bigger cities tend to be more progressive. Mm. So I, I don't know where she's from in Tennessee, but 
I, for one, never doubted that she was left wing. Um, a lot of people did because of like um, I, I forget why, but a lot of people were calling her like uh, their the Aryan saint because she never says anything bad, and all these people support her still, and she's mm. like has country roots and whatnot. She she. Was she ever country? She was pop disguised as country because she's a pretty blonde girl strumming a guitar when she started. I mean, I don't really fucking know what country is because con- what is country even country anymore? Um, not re- not really because um, country started off as you know legitimate artists like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and Dolly mm-hmm. Parton and Chris Christopherson who were good songwriters. You could and say somewhere along the line it divulged to you know singing about hound dogs and pickup trucks and some <laughs> solo cups and beer. Country is the horror film genre of music. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> there is basically ever, except for like, I mean, I can listen to classical. Um, I can listen to jazz and not hate it. But country is the only genre where I, I've, I feel no familiarity with it. If I was from the South, I'd probably love it. You know, it, it's it's written, it's tailored mm. for me. It's written right for me. That's a very small demographic of people to tailor your music to. Right. I, I feel no connection to it. Yeah, but like old country, I feel like the people from the South now probably don't even like old country, like in terms of like Johnny Cash. I mean, I know that's yeah. I mean, say, I, yeah, but. those those were legitimate artists who. I mean, maybe it's not my thing, but you know, they they wrote good songs. They had something to say. You know, they the comedian Bo Burnham has a great bit about this where it. I think it's called they call it bro country, where it's you know it's. All the standard shit, you know, pickup trucks and beer and yeah. whatnot, and <laughs> like literally Bud Light. It's like their music is an advertisement, <laughs> basically. I, you know, I, I I try not to, you know, I say live and let live. If that's your lifestyle, whatever, it's not mine. Yeah, um, but anyway, so Taylor Swift came out as a liberal, um, encouraging people to vote for the democratic candidate in tennessee and whatnot mm-hmm. and for the first time um which is great great of her to finally come out a little a little too late but um i don't know i think this might have um a big impact especially for tennessee if that's if that is i think that's where she's from because that's where she's voting indeed um, but uh it's it's crazy to see that the, these two people like because kanye's came out wearing a maga hat and saturday night live and you know, came out in support of Donald Trump and whatnot he, against Taylor what, Swift again. That guy, what an uh, a, a total enigma. I it, it I don't understand it. Um, nothing about his um, his music, his first few albums, um, uh-huh. suggests this kind of worldview. And have the Kardashians fucked him up that much? Dude, I, I, mean, I think I, he's just off his... He's definitely got to be someone who's like borderline schizophrenic because... Yes. He was just in Detroit, actually, at CC, and like mm-hmm. jumping on a table and ranting and yelling at people about Elon Musk and how they need to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just... He just seems a little, like, unbalanced chemically because... <laughs> he he's a fantastic rapper. Um, I I love his music, but as a person, that guy is it, it is hard to put a finger on what the fuck's going on in Kanye's world right now. I don't know. I feel like he's like legitimately close to being crazy. I mean, he's good at what he does. I don't know. I don't I don't like his music. I've heard some of it, but I straight up don't like the genre. Um, I don't know why. I just hate it. I try to get into it all the time. Just hate it. But. Fair um, <laughs> Not for uh, everyone. But yeah, he just took this 
it's so weird that he is supporting Donald Trump and Donald then you see Donald Trump like coming back and like re-supporting him and whatnot and it's because Donald Trump supports anyone that will praise him right right and, and what was that uh, he, he heard the news about Taylor Swift and he said I like her music about 25% less now <laughs> did he say that something like that yeah <laughs> what is that true <laughs> even I mean what world do we live in man this is fucking nuts <laughs> even if you think that why would you ever say it I mean uh, it's 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 hard to you know it actually makes you pine for the days when, like, George W. Bush heard about, you know, what the Dixie Chicks said about him. He's just like, man, no big deal. You know, they yeah. think that fine. <laughs> um, whereas Trump's got to make a huge deal about it and feel, you know, personally attacked by it. Uh, it's weird that he can't, like, possibly fathom somebody not liking him that so much that he has to, like, tweet about it and, like, make it a huge deal. Bigger deal than it is. I just... Even, even his supporters some i know personally admit he makes himself such an easy target mm. with this social media presence I, I i don't know how anyone could ever argue that he doesn't invite this sort of criticism just like shut the fuck up man yeah which unfortunately uh, has trickled down you know throughout the country to where everyone feels empowered behind their keyboard and can say whatever the fuck they want on social media um yeah well, when, when the president is setting that sort of example, you know, what do you expect? <laughs> uh, I know. We live in a Looney Tunes world, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, and we just have, I, I forget where he was interviewed, but Donald Trump was just saying, like, how the rest of the world finally respects the United States for the first time in decades, when in polls that have just came out say that that is actually the complete opposite true. And there is video of people from other nations laughing at him. And you know the thing is, I think it's a smart move by Trump for his own sake to say this stuff because his base believes anything he says. And it's hard to even like know what to believe too because of how much fake shit is out there. And then you like the people you trust, like if you're one of the people that trust Trump, you're gonna believe what he's saying. Just like I would believe what people I trust say. But there's a certain demographic who will it doesn't matter what he says, they're behind him hundred percent because they're Republicans and that's right. all there is to it. And that's that's why I, you know, I can't be as jaded with politics as I am because this is actually a very important time with primaries coming up. Um, people, if people just get out and vote, they can throw serious roadblocks in his path to re-election. But it is just, it, it is so hard to not get distraught with. I, I think people, and I honestly think it goes for people on both sides. Will they develop an idea of the way the world is? And they will intake whatever information they need to mm-hmm. to maintain that worldview. Yes, it is. It is increasingly harder and harder to keep an open mind to things. Indeed, but and I, 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 this could just be the liberal in me saying this, but it feels like the other side is just batshit crazy. But I maybe I'm, I know there's got to be something I'm wrong about. Indeed, uh, there needs to at least be a discussion. But um, unfortunately, Trump has empowered. Um, the most radical of the right. I mean, anytime he's sympathizing with Nazis, yeah, it, it's you know it's dangerous times, and um, he's, Nazis he's, he's, are he, not good. He's taken <laughs> devil's advocate, dad, uh, devil's advocate. I can talk <laughs> way too far. Yeah, and 
and I don't even I don't really know where to go from this because like even with Kavanaugh just now getting confirmed and whatnot, and people people I know friends of mine saying like oh no I believe something happened to Doctor Ford it just wasn't Kavanaugh and I think like wow like that's 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 insane to me that you can say that like why don't you just be bold and say you don't believe her or rather than say like you think that she believes it was someone else but is mistaking it for Kavanaugh like that is that's insane they've said something like that were to happen to you you're not gonna forget who fucking did it to you and mistaken with somebody else that would have went to your high school or whatnot what blows my mind and I think was forgotten um before I think news just recently came out uh she still can't go home right she she has to they've they've made a new life for her like 3,000 miles away um, oh, I don't even know. I haven't even heard about that. I, I, apparently, yeah, she's far, far from home now. But maybe she didn't have as much to lose as Kavanaugh once all started. But she had plenty to lose. Um, oh, she what, had a shit ton more to lose. Yeah. Um, but bottom line, you know, she had plenty to lose when she made those accusations. Why then would she make those accusations if they weren't true? Furthermore, she passed the polygraph. Right. And more, My polygraphs and, are flawed and easy to fake. Mm-hmm. But... And, they're easy and, to fail. They're not easy to pass, like she did. And uh, I believe two other women accused Kavanaugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and conservatives will frame it as the Democrats not playing fair, as I've heard some of them say. Um, they'll yeah. they'll frame this conspiracy it, theory, b- baseless accusations. These are not baseless accusations. There's plenty of. You know, I mean, legitimacy it, to these claims. It sounds like I yeah. I always I've I've been saying like you can't. No one knows what happened or what can happen or what what did happen because the only person that could corroborate evidence is Mark Judge, um, but he is not speaking or saying that he doesn't remember. Um, so it's he said she said, which you know. So I'm at the point where like yeah, I still believe in innocent until proven guilty um, because you can't just throw like Kavanaugh in jail for anything. That but the thing is, yep. Kavanaugh is not getting charged with anything or getting thrown into jail. It's just like taking precedent over the one of the most powerful branches of government for the rest of his life without an election exactly i feel like the mere allegation it and furthermore his conduct throughout the trial is this guy fit to be a supreme court justice i would say no no he's not no and even like the so if we take away the mere allegate well i don't think just somebody saying that you did something should uh automatically disqualify yeah, because then like then we, that would set a precedent where that's going to happen on both sides with yes. everybody. But the way he acted during the uh, whatever the fuck it was, the hearing, the but hearing, it wasn't yeah. the hearing, whatever it was, and saying specifically that he thinks this is a <laughs> a, a, a an attempt to decredit him, uh, like for revenge against the Clintons, believing in conspiracy theory, and literally threatening the Democratic Party, saying what what um. I'm forgetting what he said exactly, but... The bottom line is that painting a picture of a mentally stable in, in, individual, or not, not even a mentally stable individual, but someone who is fit to serve on Supreme, Supreme yeah, Court, someone who is where, appointments, supposed, where appointments are for life. Yeah, and supposed to be impartial and not based on p- politics, just based on what you believe. That's not going to happen, because this guy already knows how to suck up to Trump, because that's what he did, and that's why people voted him in. You know, Susan Collins was the... The vote to uh, finally cast him in. Um, 
<laughs> and she's one of the people that says she believes something happened to Dr. Ford, but it just wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it's it's that, truly unfathomable. Um, and all I have to say is I. I can't believe it's come to this, but women are right to not trust men. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it. You see, Donald Trump having reached the presidency, having said the things he said, and then he nominates Kavanaugh, and Kavanaugh is confirmed for for Trump to reach the presidency, and now Kavanaugh the Supreme Court. It it it. It's symbolic of impunity. These are men who have done terrible things and and gotten away with it. And yeah, and, and I I do not blame women for feeling this distrust towards men. And I I and, and frankly, if you're saying you feel um, uh, discriminated against, or um, if, you, if 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 as a man you are scared in these times, I I, I hate to say this just because I hate gender roles on both sides, but man the fuck up. <laughs> seriously man the fuck up we do not have it nearly as bad compared to women these days um right and yeah. I, I was saying last week like do you know anyone that's been falsely accused of sexual assault it's, it's very true uh, um do you i, I, mean, I, I you, you n- mean maybe no. maybe uh, you do i don't know no um i i saw some there's a facebook meme uh-huh. Credit, credit, how much you will, but apparently it's comparable to the chances of being struck by lightning, whereas apparently um, 25% of women will face um, sexual yeah. harassment. Do you know any women in your personal life that have been sexually assaulted? Yes. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's, it, you know, I mean, to saying for Trump to say it's a scary time for young men in America. No, it's fucking not. Yeah, and... and it's a scary time I, if you're a fucking sexual and, predator. And I don't, I don't want to vouch for. I'm not even remotely vouching for his constituency. But when the the president himself says it, and there's just there's there's a demographic who will follow him blindly no matter what. Um, when he's setting that example, it's not surprising that so many feel empowered and then take up the mantle of, you know, claiming to be oppressed. If you're a man mm. and you feel oppressed, get the fuck out. You know, I've had I've had friends of mine that are friends of yours too that I don't want to shout out directly for this, but have <laughs> changed their opinions on Trump after things he said. But it was only after he criticized LeBron James, not after he did this shit saying this shit on tape about women and whatnot. And to those people that if you are listening, you need to think about what that fucking means. Like maybe maybe you can frame it as all right. He's saying too much. He finally drew the line, but he has gro- uh, bragged about groping women and sexually assaulting women, and he said terrible shit. I mean, there's so much stuff that you just listen to the old episodes of the podcast about it. But then talking about LeBron James is what pisses you off enough to get off the Trump train. Take a look at your own life, man. Come on. Yeah, it's just for him to. I don't know what that is. That train of thought just left me, but um, sorry, we heard a weird noise. Did you hear that weird noise too? Indeed. Hmm. I think it's someone outside. <laughs> and the dog started barking. Whatever. Bottom line, it's just the guy is w- way too active on social media. He invites all this criticism. I, I, 
I just can't fathom people talking about the media not giving up, giving him a fair shake. No, it's not that the media doesn't give him a fair shake. It's that that he gives the media all the ammunition they need. Yeah, and it's it's just it's we're turning into a, a um uh, identity politics culture where anything the left says you're going to fall into line if you're that way or anything the right says you're going to fall into line that way it's just there's no bipartisanship and you know a lot of it seems justified but there is like like i th- i think the easiest thing to go to is gun control like there is a lot of people on both sides that feel both ways about mm-hmm. it like i'm a liberal that believes that we have a right to own a gun or whatnot i just think it needs to be regulated a little differently but there's there needs to be a discussion which has become impossible and I, I think there's blame to go around on both sides um unfortunately it's, it's why i don't mean to be perceived as being apathetic about politics but just i don't post about it on facebook just because discourse about it has become impossible without yeah. devolving into a flame war um the only way i feel like legitimate conversation about these issues um legitimate good healthy conversation takes place is face to face Behind it, on social media, everyone feels empowered behind their keyboard. They can say whatever the fuck they want, and nothing is ever achieved. You're not going to change yeah. anyone's mind doing it that way. Um, it's got to be why face to face, and which, it's got to be fact based. Yes, which is why I don't do it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think that's the worst way. And I find myself struggling, especially with my stepmom. Oh gosh, sometimes I accidentally post on her shit, and it oh it just makes me so mad. I don't blame you, but it's just. Unfortunately, we've reached the day and age in human history to where this is just not possible. And the only thing that's going to bring about any real change is talking about this face-to-face, mm. you know, person-to-person. And Feels like this it, is a sports rivalry. It, it really is. It's, it, you know, Yankees fans and Red Sox fans will never see eye-to-eye. U of M and Ohio, Ohio State people will always be, you know... Enemies. Uh, enemies. America is not supposed to be like that. Right. It, it, it's, we, not, we it's, got, not how, it's not how it was is designed, and yet we have we have reached this point of just such vitriol and hatred. And it, it, it is hard when the president himself is provoking the left, provoking oh, yeah. the opposition mm-hmm. um, in ways that I, I would I would argue um, he is not a president oh, oh, for all. He's a president for some, and he knows that, and he is definitely he's almost saying it. Yeah, I, I, Obama definitely rubbed conservatives the wrong way. That wasn't on purpose. W definitely rubbed uh, Democrats the wrong way. That was not on purpose. Mm. Uh, Trump does it. He, I feel like he gets a rise out of it. Um, he, oh, yeah. he, he's such a megalomaniac. He's literally that, calling them evil because of how they treated Kavanaugh. <laughs> no, no, that's that's just you know. A, pers- a brave person who came forward to question this decision and, you know, a bunch of people who believed her, who wanted to know more about this Kavanaugh dude, who were skeptical about your nomination, and... Yeah, so, and, and you, you, but, but you're t- just too sensitive to even take that smallest hint of criticism. I suppose it's not a small hint of criticism, but... Like, so if we buy into the conspiracy theory that Dr. Ford was, like, a mole for the Democrats to hold up the nomination um so you would have had to find a mole that legitimately went to high school with kavanaugh because that's been proven and it is proven kavanaugh admitted to it under oath and yeah. uh had documented uh talks about this to her therapist in 2012 when her when her relationship was going 
wrong in her marriage. Um, you know, it just goes so deep that it's just so ludicrous to fucking believe that. But people do. People do. They do it because it maintains their idea of the way the world works. They maintain it because it helps them feel good about voting for Donald Trump. They do it because it feels it helps them feel the idea that they are right and they don't need to change and they don't need to evolve as the world evolves. It just pushes pushes their agenda. That's what it does, which I can't really argue with them about because I don't honestly. If it was turned on my shoe, uh, or like turned turned for me, and it was like my candidate was going on, well, I, you know, I can honestly tell you, uh, no, they would be gone because Al Franken, a Democrat, immediately resigned. So did John Conyers. Like y- y- <laughs> there, there is clearly. It just seems so clear. There is a good and a bad, and you yeah. you pick your side you're on, and it's just hard for me to see the Republicans as good. Maybe I can see them as okay. Maybe their ideas. I can get by behind some of their ideas, um, but everything socially and everything that really matters. Um, is fucked up. See, here's the thing, Nick. I, f- I feel like a lot of their ideas are going by the wayside with just younger people being more informed. Here's, But the thing is, I believe there always will be the Democratic and the Republic Party, mm-hmm. Republican Party. Yeah. So best learn how to live with them. Um, best learn how to um, pass nonpartisan policy and implement these sort of things, which yeah. seems to be impossible. And it's funny to where Nancy Pelosi is actually pining for the days of George W. Bush. It's like, yeah, I didn't agree with him, but you know, we still got, got we, we, we still got some shit done. Um, to where um, I feel like we're not that far removed from it, and hopefully, this is not the track for our country long term because it's it's toxic, it's absolutely toxic. Uh, but um, I hate to say it, but I feel like it's it definitely started under Obama. Um, with the Republicans starting to like the the Tea Party forming and starting to like undermine him at every chance they could and drastically oppose him, like there was somebody that said that like I knew this country was gone, like some senator or something that said that this country was like unfixable after not a single Republican voted for the Affordable Care Act, and you know that was the first time I think it was ever split a hundred percent left and right. Because no one could come on board with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitch McConnell. Oh, Mitch McConnell makes me want to kill him so bad. But I can't. Not, that's not a threat. <laughs> <laughs> not oh, that you're man. ever going to fucking listen to this, Mitch McConnell. We'll have you on this podcast anytime you want. But you know you stole that oh. Supreme Court seat from oh, uh, I'd, I'd Obama. Love to hear but I think like this all started because... Just because Obama is a black person and the Republicans couldn't handle that, there's a certain demographic that they, they were never going to never going to give them a fair shake on that alone, which is why um, the people you know suggesting that Mike Pence is a meat shield because Mike Pence would be even worse than Donald Trump just makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> if ever a president had to live in fear of getting assassinated, it was Barack Obama just because yeah. of the. Racist demographic of this country who would right. never accept him. Yeah, and you know, and then like so, as, uh, the Democrats they they trot out they trot out a black person and then a woman, the two things that the Republicans hate the most apparently. And it's not just me saying that; it's 
on the um, agendas you push prove that kind of like you're 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 gerrymandering uh, the districts. You're the way we fund public schools based on social poverty or whatnot, and you know the way you nominated Kavanaugh. <laughs> it, I, I I do not blame. It's just to throw it back to women. How how can they not be enraged? How they, how can they not feel like um, things have taken a, a quantum leap backwards with first Trump ascending to the presidency presidency and now Kavanaugh reaching the Supreme Court, where in in, in spite of these you know Trump saying things he said, Kavanaugh um, doing things he's done, um, women have every right in the world to be as pissed off as they are. Right. Um, Some of them aren't and, though. And, and and for the women who are supporting Trump, it's no a fucking winning a horse when you see one. I I, I mean, you're being invited on a, a bandwagon that that should it should just be the easiest choice. And yet I I don't know why you would stay beholden to you know your your commitment to this guy who I think time and time again has suggested he he may not have your best interests at heart. No, I mean I can I guess I can see why white women with strong family and like religious values would support him because if you like if you're like really strong against abortion, I get it to support Republicans. I get it. I don't get why you are. Um well, I know I actually I do totally understand why you are, but um I'm personally not and that's why if that's like your like like my biggest issue is going to be climate change. So if like Republicans were super shitty in other ways but they were like much more climate change positive than anyone else then i would probably vote for them here's the thing like everyone picks their issues that are negotiable Mm -hmm. and i i saw this thing where it's like not all trump supporters are uh, misogynistic racist xenophobic people but they all decided that this that wasn't a deal breaker which right i think it should have the my biggest opposition to Trump in the beginning was um, the idea of the wall and the idea of the Muslim ban. That, that yeah, was why. That was why, in the first place, I, I would not get behind him. And nothing he's done in the over two years of being, in, uh, or close to two years of being in office, has done to you know has right. done to win me uh, has done anything to win him over in my eyes. Um, people pick their issues that you know are, are negotiable, and they can fall back on. Like I mean, I was raised Republican. I mm-hmm. thought of myself as Republican until I was about 18. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I, I, I support the LGBTQ community. I, yeah. I, I'm an unabashed supporter of them. And I'm also fully convinced climate change is real. Uh, I, I can't align. So you believe in science. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't align myself with this group anymore. So I don't. Right. Um, and you don't even have to align with the Democrats because... You just have to decide what's more important, I guess, because like you can still be physically, fiscally Republican. Because I know a lot of people that are that, but like I don't know many people that are socially Republican. See, see here's the thing, you know, dark econ- economics is actually trivial. You actually mm-hmm. have to go to school and learn shit about economics, right. which I hardly did to understand it. I think there's good arguments to be made on the fiscally conservative and socially um, liberal side. Mm. Um, the answer or, is or the fiscally conservative and the fiscally liberal side. I meant. Um, but that's not you, fun you, to argue you, about. You, you, do, you don't have to know anything about economics or politics. Maybe you have to know a little bit about history. You don't have to know, have to know anything about those things to know that sexism is wrong. 
to know that racism is wrong. Mm. Xenophobia is wrong. Homophobia is wrong. You just have to not be an asshole. Right. And we have a president that blatantly is. Sadly, this is uh, the state of our country, sir. We didn't have time to talk about this, but there was a big climate report that came out that said that if we don't fix shit within a decade, which we won't, I guarantee you we won't, we're going to have really, really big drastic problems by 2040, and it's kind of scaring me. 2040, I plan to still be alive at that time. That is hard to think about. That'll be the year before the Lions win the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) That would would be just their luck, wouldn't it? John, uh, where can we find you? Follow you on social media if you want any uh, friends or whatever. I'm I'm sure you won't get any. Look up John Church on Facebook and also look up Trevor Redford on Vimeo and watch our movies. We've made uh, three of them with the fourth coming down the pike in November. Um, Basilica Films looks up, support us, although we need to make a Facebook uh, page. That'll happen in due time. But, uh, yeah, look us up. All right, guys, this has been the Split Six Podcast. Podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Wagella. Look us up on Facebook, Split Six Media. Remember, it's more important to listen to what somebody else is saying than it is for them to listen to you. Thank you for splitting six with us. <laughs>